Hey everybody, this is Dr. Ryan Berlin and Ashley Berlin. You're listening to Align Your Health on 55KRC, the talk station. We're excited to have you today. Ashley and I are talking about something that we have been spending some time and thought over after reading a book called Deep Survival by Lawrence Gonzalez. So this book is all about who lives, who dies, and why when it comes to survival. And so we were taking some of these lessons from the book and applying them not just to surviving a diagnosis, although that could be relevant, um, not just to surviving any one uh, particular condition, but how do we survive our health? How do we survive the current sick care system? And how do we really take these strategies that all survivors have in common and apply them in a way that that gives us the best opportunity to really live because what what survivors have a tendency to do that we um, don't necessarily have to think about when we're not in imminent danger mm-hmm. is that survivors have come to terms with the fact that they're going to die eventually. And the whole point of this is that maybe just not today. And the idea is not today. I'm not going to let it happen today. So how do we keep that mantra going day in and day out? And what does it take to be a survivor? This survivor thing is so interesting. So I'm not, I hope that I'm never in this position. Obviously, I think we all do, but I don't, I don't do a lot of extreme things. I'm not like a mountain climber or I don't, I don't do a lot of things. I don't really see myself ending up in this position ever, but I'm going to tell you right now. So I don't watch a lot of TV, but over Christmas break, we went, we went down to Lexington, Kentucky, and we were in the hotel room. Remember, we were down at that beautiful Marriott Griffin Gate, and um, I, the kids fell asleep, and, and the TV was on, and I saw this survival show series that was on. Do you remember I, I was telling you all about this? Yep. And I watched episode after episode after episode, and sometimes the people ended up dying, and sometimes they ended up living, and it was just all about, like, I mean, people getting trapped in snowstorms six miles away from their house and ended up dying. Um, a guy on a bike ride in the Costa Rican jungle and how he survived. My favorite story, I can't remember her name, but the girl who um, fell two miles out of the sky in an airplane, yes. still strapped into her airplane seat, landed in the Amazon jungle, as did multiple She's other people. She's in this book. She's in this yeah, book. Yep. As did multiple other people. Mm-hmm. But she 17 was the, people survived. She was what, yep. seven, how, how old was she? She was a teenager. She was a teenager. And she was the only one who survived. No, the other Out ones died in yep. the jungle. Yep. And we'll go over the, the idea of why they died versus why she lived. Right. But, um, but a teenage girl falls two miles out of the air, strapped in her airplane seat, not only survives the fall, but ends up surviving the Amazon jungle and making it back to her family. Right. When all the other adults who also survived the crash also fell two miles out of the air, they all died in the Amazon. They all died in the Amazon. What did this 17-year-old have that these other ones don't? And so you said, I hope I'm never in this situation. And, and I don't want to make this too extreme, but, but, but we are in this situation because here, here's the reality. Yep. The reality is in the United States, five out of six people end up getting diagnosed with heart disease or cancer. Oof. So the reality is that you're going to have to survive that. Yes. One of the principles that we talk about very frequently is if you're going to be the one out of six, 
the best way to to almost guarantee you're going to be the one out of six instead of one of the five out of six is to assume you're one of the five out of six. Yep. Because if you assume you're the one out of six, I see this all the time. People think they're healthy. They think they're doing good. I don't have any pain. I'm not taking any medications. And because of that, they actually get blind spots. Right. That they can't see. There are, there are things that they're, they're not recognizing in their own life because they think they're doing good enough. And it's the people who realize they have a family history. It's the people who realize that, that they might already have symptoms of it, that because they're willing to face the reality, and this is actually our first point, that because they're willing to face the reality that they're the ones who are more likely to end up surviving that diagnosis. Right. If they get it or maybe not even get it. Right. Right. Because they were they were almost assuming that they were one of the five out of six. Yeah, absolutely. So, I, yeah. So. So. So we're going to give you four points to survival. Four points to survival. And and what what the heck does do people falling out of the sky in the Amazon have to do with our health here in the United States of America? The first point to survival is facing reality, the acceptance of the situation that you're in, and the faster you can accept the situation that we're in, the faster, the better chance of survival you're going to have. And, and part of the connection between those who survive in extreme situations and the, and, and the health and your health sitting here right now um, in America and the United States just listening to this is that we need to be very, very, very honest about how horrible the healthcare system in America is right now and where we're at in terms of health as a society. Yeah, it may not <clears throat> it may not be it may be that you have to come to terms with how bad your health is. You know, I have, I have some patients that'll come in the office and they'll say things like one of our questions on our intake form is what is your current weight and what is your target weight? And how on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being very very uh open, how open to making lifestyle changes are you to reaching your health goals. Right. And so some people come in and they are, and, and again, I'm not, this is not judgmental, just, just, you know, being honest, they're um, 80 pounds overweight. Right. And they, they would like, you know, they're like, I'd like to lose a little bit of weight. And it's like, they don't need to lose a little bit of weight. They need to lose, you know, 80 pounds. Right. Right. And so they're not being honest with themselves of where they're at. Right. Um, or they'll say my current weight is this and my target weight is that. And it's only 30 pounds when they're 80 pounds overweight. And it's like, that's okay for our initial target. But some people actually think that they're only 30 pounds overweight. When you look at, and this is one of the things, and, and again, I don't like to do this cause I don't like putting the names to it, but I think sometimes it's like, you have to be honest. Larry Winget in his, in his book, um, your, your, your life is your own damn fault <laughs> yeah. um, or whatever. I think that was the name of it. But anyway, he, he talks about like, take off all your clothes, go stand in front of a mirror and look at what you see and how happy are you, are you with it? And again, I don't think it's all about weight. It's not about that. This isn't fat shaming. This isn't whatever, but that's unhealthy. Like if you're right. overweight. And so he's like, Look at it in the mirror and how happy are you with it? And if you're not happy with it, then what the heck are you going to do to change it? Right. And so I'm just, I'm ta we're talking about being real because here's the reality. You have to face the reality and the acceptance of the situation you're in. This is the first thing that any survivor does. And if you can't get past this point, you'll never survive. Every person that's stuck on Everest, every person that's in a, in a terrible situation, every person that gets diagnosed with cancer, every person that's obese, every person that has heart disease, every person that has you know, uh, diabetes, they have to face the reality and, and come to acceptance of the situation they're in or else it won't change. Right. 
because the next steps require that first. Yes. Because the next steps, in order to make changes, the next steps re- require that you actually face the reality that you have cancer, that you have diabetes, that you are overweight, or else it'll never change. Exactly. Exactly. So that story of the, the girl who fell out of the airplane and the part we didn't tell you was the other 16 people who were in the Amazon, um, the first step was some of them may have faced the reality and realized that they were in the situation. Some of them may not, and that's why they died. But the second step in this process is to adopt a right here, right now mentality. And what that means is they have to develop some sort of pattern or a mantra to get them through this. So there was a great story of the guy who got stuck in that ice crevice. Um, I don't remember if it was, a, it was Everest or what it was out of the story, but you remember yeah, what I'm yeah, talking about? Yeah, he was about? climbing a mountain, fell down the mountain. Yeah, climbing a mountain, fell on the mountain, broke his leg. If you do that when you're climbing, you know, something the equivalent of Everest, you're done. Like, it's, it's insurvivable in most cases. Like, right. the odds are 99.9% you're going to die. Right. Just by breaking a leg that high up. Because right. you, you don't. So he laid there for a while, developed frostbite but then in order to get out of that situation number one he had to face the fact that he was in this terrible situation and number two he had to develop some sort of mantra that was simple and easy to repeat so him it was um that in order to get this leg moving he had to you know lift step place hop lift step place hop lift step place hop lift step place hop and he had to do this thousands and thousands and thousands of times to get to where he needed to go and these patterns are life-saving because they keep you in the right here and the right now he's not looking back saying man i wish i would have done something different in the past i wish i would have secured my ropes better i wish i wouldn't have slipped you know on this rock and fallen down and gotten here and he's not looking too far in the future saying i can't get off of a mountain with a broken leg like he has to be in the right here and the right now and the patterns and the mantras keep you there and we see that all of the time in healthcare how many moms have we held in our arms sobbing in our office after they have had a child with a vaccine reaction that has regressed into autism yeah i can tell you personally i've held more moms than i can count on my fingers in our office in yeah. tears and you cannot Look back and regret the decisions that you made. You didn't know better. You didn't do better. You have to just be right here, right now. And what can we do? And it's the same with with anything. When 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 you know we have lots of so many patients that come in and say, "I wish I would have known this." You know, when I was younger, I wish I would have. I wish I would have understood this when I was raising kids. I wish I would have understood this twenty years ago before I put all this weight on. You can't blame yourself. You can't look in the past and hold yourself responsible for the things that you didn't know then. You have to be in the present. Yep. So this goes hand in hand. If you guys didn't hear our um, our show on habits, the mantras and ha- habits go hand in hand. Mantras are what you repeat to yourself. So these are aff- affirmations or, you know, some sort of, um, you know, uh, 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 something that we you know, say to ourselves over and over and over again, but the a habit is just a, a an an action mantra, right? right? And so, go back and listen to our show. You can go to Dr. Ryan Live, D R R Y A N L I V E dot com, and you can check out our previous podcast. Look up the one on uh, uh, habits and atomic habits. Yep, and these but patterns he, and so these patterns. So this 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 you know uh, lift step place hop or whatever he was the mantra he was saying what it did is it kept him what you were talking about is it kept him present in the moment right and all he had to do was keep repeating this simple process and it was moving him forward and inching him forward so for me the one we talked about when we did our habit show was getting up every morning 5 a.m getting on the peloton right 
after the Peloton, spending 15 to 20 minutes in the infrared sauna. Right. After the infrared sauna, go take a cool shower, get my clothes on, get ready for my day. That little morning ritual that I have, that habit over the last three months has totally transformed my practice. It's transformed my morning. It's transformed just how I've been thinking as an individual, just because the reason I started it was to start doing things I had never done to get results that I had never Never gotten. And that mantra and that habitual patterning is keeping me focused on the thing that I can do every day to move the needle forward and to develop a habit of, of doing something that I may not want to do so that I don't get distracted by all the other things that, that the day holds. So if this is, you have you have a diagnosis mm-hmm. or you're overweight and you have cancer what is your mantra what can you say to yourself that's simple that can keep you focused i'm i'm healthy healing and and, and vibrant right like mm-hmm. get that in your head because then when you go to the doctors and they tell you your blood work is this or that or that you're healthy healing and vibrant you're not listening to the to the circumstances of the current day what patterns can you get into you know, you're making your your smoothie every day with kale and with, with uh, you know, protein powder and greens powder and doing whatever. Like, what what things are you doing every day to feed your body? Because it it's less important whether you use chemo or whether you use traditional method, untraditional methods for cancer. What matters more is, do you have a survival's mentality, survivor's mentality, and are you willing to do whatever it takes? To get through that. And when you look at a healthy person, 100% of the time, they will have patterns in their life that establish health. Period. End of story. Health doesn't happen on accident. It doesn't happen um, by chance. There is no, um, you know, uh, like explosion. And then the come and then the falling out afterwards means like, oh, I just accidentally ended up in great health. Great health happens on purpose. It happens after a um after you've literally every single day we've talked about this before how every single choice that you make all day long is a vote towards health or towards disease and at the end of the day you're going to tally those votes up and you're going to see did i vote more towards health or did i vote more towards disease what are the patterns of your life every single day you are the cum- accumulation of the choices that you made yesterday and last week and the weeks before and that's where you currently stand in your health so if you want to change your health you change your patterns so i know we're going to talk about this two points from now but um one of those things that people do is they're in a pattern but they're like I'm going to get X far and then reward myself and get out of my pattern. Guilty. And I'm so guilty. <laughs> it's, it's like your reward of right. being good in your pattern is to get out of pattern, which makes it difficult to get back into pattern. Exactly. And, and so it doesn't it's make like, any sense. Yeah. So ma- yep. making your reward part of your pattern, maybe, and, and, and one that's congruent with where you're trying to go. Absolutely. You know, it wouldn't be like uh, I'm going to uh, lift step, hop, place hop, lift step, place hop with my broken leg coming down the mountain. But um, lift, step, place, hop. Uh, I'm going to do it a thousand times. I'm going to break my other leg. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like yes. it doesn't make sense. Like no. sometimes we do things that are counterintuitive to what we're actually trying to do and what we're actually yep. trying to survive. Yes. Like, oh, I'm going to eat really well. And then I'm going to, and then I'm going to go off the rails or I'm going to, you know, whatever yep. that looks like. Yep. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to work out for this vacation. Then I'm going to sabotage myself on vacation. One of my favorite things to do, and you know, this, you and I both do this is when we go on vacation, we, we love having a healthy vacation. Yes. I, yes. I, I have I have more time to take a nap in the afternoon and I can get to bed earlier because I don't have as much stuff to worry about. So I, I work out early in the morning. I like getting up, working yep. out, yep. having a great morning, 
yeah, do we have a couple of drinks and do pool time or whatever? Sure, we sure. do that. But like that is after the workout. Well, and listen, we try to find clean places to eat. And we so, try to put, yeah. But people, I just, some, when I'm bringing that up to say some people's vacation is their reward for being being in pattern and then they get on vacation and they go off the rails. Oh, absolutely. Of using it as listen, part of their pattern. I just did four days in Disney and I had salads every single day. I woke up every single morning and had the same omelet with turkey bacon in it. And every single afternoon I had the same lunch that was a, a salad in Disney is harder to find than the hidden hidden Mickey pins. <laughs> When you're exchanging it's pens with the people, it's very at difficult. <laughs> but but we managed. <laughs> Point number three is to discard the hope of rescue. Oh, this is so big. This concept is. I'm going to be I honest. Would, I, would, I struggle I would, here. I I would say that this is actually where most people end up dying. Yes. This is where the people in the Amazon actually died. So when they thought of the airplane. And survived two miles. Could you imagine falling two miles without no, a parachute? No, no. They fell two miles and survived it. They say they survived because they were still buckled into their seats. Right. And their seats took the roll. Now, some of them broke legs or whatever, or whatever right. happened. But they went two miles. But most of them thought someone's going to come find us. Yes. Surely they know an airplane fell out of the sky. Surely they know that their people might have survived. They're going to come looking for us. Somebody's going to come find us. But the reality was nobody came looking. Nobody came looking. Nobody found them. Nope. Nobody came to their rescue. Nope. Here's the the thing. You ready for this? Your doctor's not going to cure your cancer. Oh, amen. You know how I know that? Because they haven't cured any cancer. Right. That survival rates outside of seven years aren't good. Nope. That the reality is nobody's coming to the rescue. And I know that might be hard to hear. But you, and that's where the whole point of this was once the survivor realized it's on me mm-hmm. and they took onus, this is one thing that every survivor did that got them to the next point. Mm-hmm. And if they stopped at any one of these points, and I would say this was probably the one, this is probably the one where most people die. Yes. Is they, they have to give up hope of anybody coming to rescue them. Now that sounds counterintuitive, like... The more you could keep hope, the more likely you are to survive. It's right. actually the opposite. Right, right. The more you realize that if you're stuck out in the ocean, you have to do the paddling. Right, right. If you're on the mountain, you have to move or else you're going to freeze to death. Right. If you're in the Amazon, you have to cross that piranha-filled river like she did. Right. Um, that you have, to, you have to take control. If, if, if it's to be, it's up to me. Yes. If not me, whom? If not now, when? Like that whole, that whole, that whole idea that like... You have to take accountability. Nobody's going to lose 50 pounds for you. No. Nope. I don't care if Jillian Michaels shows up at your house every day. Nope. There is no pill, potion, or elixir. Do you know how prolific the sales of weight loss magic pills are? Do you know Do you know that the, the health equivalent of a weight loss ma- magic pill is a pharmaceutical? Yeah, chemotherapy. Right? I mean, there is no p- pill that's going to cure you of your disease. But you can you can reverse your disease because you created your disease. You have to real- re- realize there's no hope of rescue that the medical field. Listen, listen to this, all right? And I know you guys have heard us say this before. But if we were really doing well in medicine, if we were saving lives, if we were, you know, doing this amazing thing, if all the technological advancements, if the pharmaceuticals, if the surgeries had really advanced us, shouldn't we have less cancer not more shouldn't we have less heart disease not more shouldn't we have less diabetes not more 
Shouldn't we have less obesity, not more? Oh, I know, but uh, but our lifestyles are worse. No, there's more Whole Foods. Mm-hmm. There's more access to organic food. There's more gyms. There's a gym in every corner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's more pieces of equipment you can put in your house like a Peloton. There's more avocado toast on menus than I've ever read yeah. in my life. There's more access mm-hmm. to healthier options than there's ever been. Mm-hmm. But there's more disease. It's not lifestyle. It's that people actually believe that the medical profession's job is to keep them healthy. Right. You have to discard the hope of rescue. You do. It will not happen. And even in our office, I mean, listen, there are patients that come in and they hear the stories and they see the miracles and they can read the wall of testimonials and they can say our average patient loses 20 to 30 pounds. They get off six medications. I mean, that's our average patient. And they come in and and there is the occasional person who wants it done for them. Yeah, but guess who's not rescuing any of those testimonials? Me. It's not my job to rescue them. I, I, I help guide them. But every one of those patients, they showed up for their appointments. They did their home care. They changed their nutrition. They started exercising. They did their detoxification protocol. They did their gratitude journal. They did the things that they needed to do to change the situation. We just put the tools in front of them. Exactly. You know, and so I guess I guess they're blessed in that way to have someone give them the right tools. Absolutely. However, they still had to do the work. They had to discard the hope that somebody was going to do it for them. Nobody's right. going to do it for you. Right. So that brings us to the last one, which is don't count the score until the game is over. Cool. Don't start celebrating until you're down from the mountain. Don't start celebrating until you're out of the Amazon and you found a village. Don't start celebrating. I mean, don't, now don't even start celebrating until you found the village. What if you found a village of cannibals? <laughs> right? Like, don't start celebrating until you're home oh. and you've taken that shower after being in the Amazon whatever. This yes. girl, this 17-year-old girl who survived the Amazon, she remembered something her dad taught her. So when she got her leg gashed open from the airplane seat, she packed her wound full of maggots. How crazy is that? Because she knew that if the wound got infected and got gangrenous, she wouldn't survive. So she packed it full of ma- like. Can you imagine? That's crazy. And you guys won't eat a freaking kale smoothie, <laughs> or you know what I mean? Order a salad, or like our survival skills. Like <laughs> we're way underutilizing them. Like can't even survive the but day. But I don't like kale. But I- oh man. So don't count the score until the game is over. My, one of my mentors, Charles Majors, who had an insurvivable cancer, survived it seven more years. One that most people don't live past two weeks. The longest people live is, you know, under six months. And he survived it seven more years. He had two tumors the size of his fist in his brain. And he actually beat it um, without conventional drugs or surgery Incredible. for seven straight years. And actually, the cancer isn't what took him down. It was an antibiotic for a kidney infection that actually caused the cancer to show up again <sighs> that ended up taking him down. But here's the thing. He used to say, do it until. Yes. Do it until. How long do I have to eat this way? Until. Until, until what? And, and his thing was not just until his cancer was gone, but he wanted to live a long, full life with his kids, watch them grow up, watch them go off to college. So he was going to do it until. Right. Going to do it until he saw him grow up. Do it until he saw him go to college. Do it until he saw these things. Right. And so the the survivor's men- mentality is do it until. Yes. So I think sometimes people want to lose 20 pounds and, and they, they get it. Keep doing it until you lose the 20 pounds. But it's not even about the 20 pounds. It's do it until you have the life that you want to have. The 20 pounds is just part of it. But do it until, you know, you you you, you are 
you know, healthy, vibrant, alive. Do it until your immune system strong. Do it until, you know, whatever, whatever that is, just keep doing it until. It's not about 20 pounds. It's about what, what is that 20 pounds moving you in the direction of? And so, so I have two interesting things and these, this comes a little bit of a sports analogy. Um, I am very well known when I play tennis for celebrating too early, just hitting, hitting a great shot and feeling like it's going to be victorious. And then that person ends up returning it, but I'm so busy celebrating that I, that, that I end up losing the point there. And, and not counting the score until the game is over can go both ways. Sometimes you can snatch a, um, defeat out of the hands of victory by celebrating too soon and thinking it's over and just moving along. Right. And, and the other, the converse of that is also true that sometimes you can feel so overwhelmed and so like you're losing. And so like, you just want to give up that you feel like the odds are so stacked against you that you just call it a day and, and, you know, sabotage yourself health wise. And there is no point in your health that you, that you just would give up and just sabotage and give up on, on on the innate power in your body that is always conspiring on your behalf. So here, here's the thing. And when people develop a plan, right? So cancer is weighty. So if you, if, if you have cancer, your plan looks different to some degree than if you're trying to lose 20 pounds. But so if you have cancer and it's terminal or whatever and you're you're fighting that, then then you shouldn't have – you know, celebrations that are counterintuitive to what you're doing. Right. Um, so it's not like eat this way and then if I do it and then I get to have a cheat day or whatever. Right, like A right. cheat day that doesn't exist when you're trying to overcome a cancer diagnosis. Right. If you're trying to lose 20 pounds or whatever and it's like I get rewarding yourself, but your reward should never be counterintuitive to what you're doing. And so counting the score too early is like, oh, I'm down 10 pounds and then I'm going to go out and do X, Y, and Z. Well, that one meal might – set you back only a pound, but that one meal might trigger something that moves you in the direction that causes you to gain back everything. Right. And so you got to be really careful. And and so celebrating before the game is over, counting the score, there is no tally marks along the way. Right. There's, it's binary. You either made it to the goal or you didn't. Right. So set a goal, set your face like flint, be focused, you know, be determined, go after it. And when you reach that goal, you can celebrate. But again, a celebration that's counterintuitive is only a step back in the wrong direction. Right. You know, you guys, like the, the, the idea of like the idea of a diet versus a lifestyle, the idea of, you know, working out for the purpose of losing weight versus working out for the purpose of being the type of person who works out. Yeah. The, the, it, it's just, it's, it's, it's either your life or it isn't. If mm-hmm. it's a temporary tool to get you to this place, then that place isn't, you're not going to be satisfied because once you get there, there, there isn't a trophy at the end of it. The no. trophy is, is the process. Right. The people who work out feel better. Yes. And that's the reward. People who eat well, feel better. People who eat well don't develop as much disease. People who exercise regularly don't develop as much disease. And so the the reward is the lifestyle. Yes. It's not that there's a reward on the other side of whatever you're trying to reach. The reward is the work. And, you know, you look at guys like Jack LaLanne and you look at guys like, I mean, Tony Robbins is a big, Tony Robbins is like fifties and he's like, he looks like he's carved out of stone. (laughs) Um, You know, you see these people and it's like, then their lives are remarkable and their reward is the work. 
Like, honestly, you and I come into the studio and this is a reward. We enjoy doing this. Now, this leads to other things. Patients come in and we get to see lives change or whatever. But like we come in the studio because we enjoy it. The work is part of the reward. Right. And so one, you, have to, you have to develop that mentality. Um, and so, you know, part of surviving, the four steps that we gave you. So just to reiterate those. Go through them, Ashley. Yep. Um, face the reality, acceptance of the situation that you're in. Um, adopt a right here, right now mentality through developing a pattern or a mantra. Uh, number three is discarding the hope of rescue. And number four is don't count the score until the game is over. So those are, those are great. That's what it takes to survive. But... And we'll all go through things in our life we have to survive. It may be bankruptcy. It may be, um, you know, losing a loved one. It may be divorce. It may be a health situation. Those four points are the same for all of those. But here's the thing. If we focused more on going to a marital counselor when our marriage was good. Yes, yes. Having a nutritional coach when our nutrition was actually okay just to keep tabs on it. If we focused on talking to someone about our finances when things were on the up and up, yeah, yep. If we focus, you know what I mean. If yes. We, if we, if we were intentional with our children, you know, when 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 things were great, then we may not end up in an unsurvivable or seemingly unsurvivable situation. Right. So that's what I'm talking about is like developing a lifestyle that mitigates your risk and puts you in a scenario where you're less likely to end up in more unsurvivable situations. Yep. We're all going to go through things. So now you have four points and four things to do when you find yourself there. But what I ask is what could you be doing right now to never have to go down that road? What's your never going to get cancer plan? Yes. What's your never going to get heart disease plan? What's your never going to get divorce plan? What's your never going to end up in bankruptcy plan? And so I think that that is as or more important. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening to us. We'll talk next week. You're listening to Align Your Health on 55KRC, the talk station.